0: lead others and never surrender
1: it is time to begin seeking excellence hey what's going on everyone welcome to the seeking excellence podcast my name is nathan cranefield i am your host. And it's great to be with you today. So very excited today. I'm recording from Captiva Island in Florida. I'm on vacation here with Emily's family. It has been out freaking standing. Just an awesome, awesome week. So very excited to be coming at you today from Florida, from vacation, from paradise, right before we go out to dinner tonight. Uh, it's, it's awesome. So I, I wrote this on the plane this past week, uh, flying. I flew out to Philadelphia for a wedding, my dear friend Michaela Rogers got married. I got to go out there. Emily and I were in Philadelphia for like 16 hours, which is pretty crazy. But then flew down to Florida the next day on Saturday. And on the plane down, was just really kind of brainstorming and thinking about this topic of New Year's resolutions and goal setting. And so something I'm very passionate about and I really want to talk about with you guys. And so I'm looking forward to to kind of breaking this down. I want to give you kind of five or six tips, different practical things that we can do to implement that can help us be better in the way that we set goals as we go into the new year, because I think that it's something that people care about. People obviously want to do, right? We we say all the time, new year, new me. And, uh, you know, this next year is going to be my year and all this stuff. You hear all these cute little Instagrammable things and quotes and, and tweets and stuff, right. That people say they're making these new commitments to be somebody different, to live a different lifestyle in the new year. Like something magical happens at new year's Eve, which I understand like can be frustrating to people. And it's like, it's overhyped and it can be, negative in certain aspects, but there's something good about like checking the scoreboard and like evaluating your life and setting goals for the upcoming year. But the problem is I forget, I forgot, I wanted to look this up. Like what are the stats of how bad, you know, how how many New Year's resolutions are actually followed, you know, by the end of January? Like how many, how many people actually stick through them even for a third of the year? And it's got to be super low. I know. I mean, I've heard different stats about the gyms and stuff like that, right? Like gym memberships skyrocket at the beginning of the new year and then you know everybody who goes to the gym regularly knows that in january the gyms are packed and it's annoying as hell for the first two weeks you have all these people in this like fresh uh you know fancy workout gear that have never really been in there before and they're trying to get after it and they're starting a new life and then two weeks later they're all gone and it's kind of sad right like it's cool like it's frustrating because there's a lot of people there but we get happy that there's people who are trying to live a healthier lifestyle, but we know that those things don't last. When we make shallow commitments, they don't last. And so I want to talk to you today about how can we be better about doing that. So let's talk about some of those uh, obstacles or issues or or common mistakes I think people make. One of the huge things I think people do is they want to do too many things at one time, right? So at seeking excellence, like one thing we want to talk about all the time is living a lifestyle of excellence, right? Pursuing greatness in all areas of your life, which I think is incredibly important. But along with that, we have to be mindful of the fact that you can't change everything in your life at once, right? You can't start working on all seven pillars necessarily at one time. You can't start to say, "I'm going to lose fifty pounds this year." I'm going to read five books a month. I'm going to, you know, start to budget super, you know, meticulously every 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 week and all these things like and I'm going to go to mass every single day. And and it's just like, dude, no, you're not going to do any of those things. So you want to set, you know, big goals, but you have to break them down into fractions into steps that will help you to make progress in those areas, but not have to just utterly transform overnight into a whole different human being, because you're not going to be able to do that. Right. Like uh, except for a miracle, you're not going to magically become some new human on January 1st. Right. So too many changes at one time. And another thing that kind of goes with that, is uh, from Exodus 90, I really picked this up last year. So a lot of you know that the story of Seeking Excellence really is kind of founded in Exodus 90. And me doing Exodus 90 last year was really when I started to write and stuff like that. And one of the things I think Exodus 90 does that's really great. So for those of you who don't know, Exodus 90 is a spiritual exercise for men that lasts for 90 days. I did it kind of as a double Lent last year, which end, it ended on Easter. And there's a whole bunch of different aspects to it. There's things you cut out in your life, like you can't watch TV you can't be on your phone or on the internet, except for when you need to be for work and stuff like that. You can't uh, make any expensive purchases. You can't eat certain foods, right? You have to take cold showers and all that stuff. And then there's certain things you have to add to do. Like you have to pray every day. You have to exercise every day. You have to, um, I forget, there's just a different exercises, right? Things that you have to kind of implement into your life. And the thing that they do this really well, you know, some people I've heard, some people say that it's too much. There's too many things you have to add into your life. But I think that What Exodus 90 gets right is that for everything that they add into your life, they make you take something out of your life, right? So there's no video games, there's no TV watching. So you do have time to pray and time to work out. But I think that's something that people do too often is not only do they make too many changes at once, but we don't recognize we live in this world and this mindset of like an addiction to busyness, right? An addiction to always be moving, to not productivity, but just being in motion all the time. And what does that mean for us? That means that we're addicted to this moving and constantly being busy, quote unquote busy, right? Even though we're not, and we're not being productive, we're not living fruitful lives, we're not living virtuous, holy lives, but we're just constantly doing crap. Well, when you do that, you can't add in new habits and and try to change your lifestyle and add in all these new things. I'm gonna start reading. I'm gonna go to mass more often. I'm going to pray more often. I'm gonna work out more often. Without acknowledging and accepting what you're gonna reduce from your life. What are you going to take out? And that's some of the hardest decisions you have to make when it comes to setting goals, because sometimes we have to take things out of our lives that we really like. Right. And sometimes they're good things. You know, Um, I was just talking with a friend of mine the other day and I said, we we're just kind of talking about their day and like how have things been going lately, you know, like physically, like with fitness or something like that. I think we we're talking about fitness and or or maybe it was reading or something. It's like, yeah, you know, well, I've been home now, you know, during the holidays and choosing to spend a lot of time with my family, I haven't had time to read. And it's like, well, you've had time to read. You've just chosen to spend time with your family instead. And that's okay. You know, like those are two good things you have to choose from. But when it comes to trying to instill these new habits, whether it's working out, reading, praying, going to mass more, whatever, you have to say, okay, I'm going to limit my time with friends and family, or I'm going to get up 15 minutes earlier. So therefore you're losing 15 minutes of sleep, whatever it's going to be, but you have to recognize That in order to add something into your life, if you're a busy person, which I think if you live in America, every person out there will say that they're busy, whether you are or you're not. So you think that you're busy and maybe you are really busy, you have to say, okay, what am I gonna take out of my life? Right. So I want to, Nathan Crankfield, I want to read five books a or four books a month next year, right? So I want to hit at least 40 books at the end of the year. The closest I've gotten before is 38. I think this year I'm at. Number twenty-nine. I just finished number twenty-nine, I'll finish probably two more before the end of the year. And I know that I have to limit my television if I'm going to do that, right? I know that I want to lose weight next year, so not only am I going to exercise, but I want to. What am I going to take out of my diet, right? What am I going to drop from my day so that I have time to go to the gym? How am I going to make that happen, right? So, think about that. Every time you're going to implement a new habit, something else has to go. Every yes is is, is saying no to hundreds of other things, right? Every time we choose to do something, we're choosing not to do something else. And that's one of the beauties. And that's one of the the best things about like relationships and like interpersonal connection, right? Every time I'm choosing to spend time with you, with my friend, with my girlfriend, with my mom, it's like, I could be doing a lot of other things right now, but we're choosing to spend time with each other. And that's beautiful. You know what I mean? It feels good, but you have to recognize in your life too, that you don't have endless unlimited time or unlimited options or unlimited energy or unlimited attention, right? Unlimited capability. So you have to be mindful and be careful about what am I going to do? What are you going to choose to spend your time, your energy, your money on in this next year? Your time is a lot like your money. We understand this more with money, but the thing that gets us all messed up with money is credit, right? So a lot of people out there, their budgets are busted because of credit. There is no credit card for your time, right? So there's no way to borrow somebody else's and pay it back later. It doesn't work like that. We all have 24 hours in a day. Fat people, fit people, people who don't read, people who do read, people who do pray and go to church, people who don't pray and who don't go to church have the same amount of time every day. And you're not that unique in your circumstances. But one thing that you're definitely not unique in is that if you want to add a new habit to your life, you have to take something else out. So make two lists this year. Think about what you're going to add into your life, what you're going to take out. That's very, very important. Okay. So the next one I think is unrealistic goals. Okay. So I kind of already hit on this a little bit, but I think sometimes people want to make either impossible or just highly like, goals that are just highly unlikely they're going to attain. So one of my favorite things with this is uh, <laughs> I hate to bring up army acronyms because honestly it just makes you feel repulsive, but this is one of my favorites and this honestly isn't just an army acronym. I've read it in multiple books as well, but I learned it through the Army, so I give, them, I give them credit for it. I actually learned it from my man, Sergeant Hollingsworth, who is one of my favorite NCOs I ever knew while in the military. Um, he, he was one of my instructors in the ROTC, and so I love that guy. And so Sergeant Hollingsworth taught us about SMART goals. So I'm sure a lot of you out there, you've heard the acronym SMART goals. And if there's one thing, I think, when it comes to goal setting that's worth committing to memory, this is it, right? So <laughs> SMART goals, SMART um their smart goals are specific measurable attainable realistic and time bound and you there's different things on that that are adjusted different you know uh synonyms that are you know used so that's not not the uh gospel truth way to the way to break that acronym down but it's one of them so what what does specific means is that you said something that's specific and it's important you know what I mean it's important to be in, in in detail once i learned about this like it became one of my pet peeves to hear Uh, stupid goals. Is that the opposite of a smart goal, a stupid goal? Sounds right. Yeah. (laughs) We'll just go with that. There's no acronym for that though. It's just the word stupid. It's just an adjective. So (laughs) if you have the opposite of smart goals, you have stupid goals. And when I started hearing those people be like, yeah, I want to get in better shape. It's like, oh my gosh, it literally like makes my skin crawl. I'm just like, oh, what are you saying? Yeah. I just want to have a better relationship with God. Okay. Well, like, what does that even mean? Or I want to have a better relationship with my parents or my significant other or I want to read more. And it's like, oh, I'm really going to throw up. I, I, I'm like getting sick just thinking about these things. Those are good desires, right? But that's what they are. They're desires. They're not goals. They're not plans. You know, um, what is the the corny uh, cliche that always goes like uh, a, a goal without a date? is just a dream or a wish, something like that. I don't like cliches that much, but there's truth to that, right? And so that goes with the time balance part, but make your goals specific, you know, be specific in saying that, like, when I set my fitness goals for the year, I'm like, I want to bench X number of pounds for X number of reps. It could be I want to bench 315 for one rep or I want to bench, you know, 225 for 10 reps, whatever it is. I want to run a mile in under seven minutes. You know, and, and, and try to make them more outcomes based as opposed to just vain, you know, vanity type stuff. But like, what do you want to be able to do? I want to be able to read. I want to have read 40 books by the end of the year. So what does that mean? That doesn't mean I'm going to just, and I don't just leave it at that, right? Like like I said earlier, like that means I want to read four books a month because then I'm going to surpass it, right? So then I have a benchmark of saying, am I going over or under this goal, right? How many of those are going to be audiobooks and how many are going to be paperback books, you know, like thinking about those things. Do I have a list of books to pull from? Because you don't want to get towards the end, you know what I mean? Or get to a point where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to read next. So I have a constant draft list going. So I have a, a, a goal and a plan, right? So I can actually execute this. So I think making it specific is so important. Measurable is also huge. Something that's measurable so you know whether you're winning or losing. I understand that with a lot of these areas, there's a lot of fear because we might not be formed, we might not be educated, might not know the right tools and resources to use, what to lean into, but you have to make it measurable. You have to make it so that you can tell, you can look back and tell if you hit the goal or not. Then I think the attainable and realistic, I think those are kind of the same. So something that's attainable means that you're going to actually be able to achieve it this year, right? So I'm not going to be in the CrossFit championships next year, or I'm not going to be, you know, there's certain things that are just like, even if you were, you know, miraculously able to do some physical feat, like you're not going to be able to go back and play college football or something, you know what I mean? Like make it something that's realistic, something you can actually do, something you can actually accomplish. And I think that's so important because it's devastating to not have that. And so you can even start slow. Something that, you know, that Matthew Kelly's really good at talking about is start slow, like start praying for five minutes a day and work your way up to having a goal of 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, and just add a minute a week. That's so easy. It's, un- you know, it's unnoticeable. You wouldn't even pay attention to that. It's not going to shake up your life. But set these small, simple goals that are in the forms of habits so that you can be a different person at the end of next year, because that's the ultimate goal. Not the ultimate goal is not to have a great first week of January. It's not to have a great January, Right. A lot of us had a great January. First of all, speaking of January, I was about to say a lot of us had a great January 2020 cuz it was the best month of this year. But do, does anybody remember how long January 2020 was? I just remember like talking about that with a lot of people and our friends and there were so many memes and stuff about it like January 2020 was like 3 months long. It was like 90 days. This is just a side tirade. It's crazy to think about though. January of this year was so long and then it went all downhill from there. But anyways, Praise God for January, 2020. Let's hope January, 2021 is even better, but also not three months long. Cause that was kind of whack. But yeah, you know your goal is not to have a, a fire January. Your goal is to be a different human being, to be a better man, to be a better woman. And so think about how can you start to implement habits and stuff like that, that are realistic and attainable for you so that you can start to grow and you can become the, the person that God created you to be. Um, I think that's really important. And then making them time bound. Guys, making it time bound is so important. Whether you're going to set the goal for a year, set the goal for your month, you can set a goal for the week, set goals and set a plan for the day, right? Like things you want to hit, things you want to accomplish today. All of those things are so important, but they have to be time bound so that you can say, you know, I'm going to accomplish this, this and this this year. You know, another great thing, another great exercise to do is to write out a list of 100 dreams, 100 dreams or goals that you have. And I I pick a few of those to put on my my goals for 2021, to put on my goals for the year. You know what I mean? Things like I want to go to vacation in Florida or I want to go on a trip with my mom. I want to do whatever. Put those down as as those goals, you know, things that you want to do. I want to attend a an MLB, a Major League Baseball game, um, you know, all these different opportunities, all these different things that you want to do. Like think about some of those smaller things that are just fun that you want to make time for. What do you not make time for? You always say you love traveling. You want to travel. Well, make it a goal, like put it down and then revisit these goals at least monthly throughout the year. But making it time-bound says this is what I'm going to accomplish in 2021, and then you can even go even further if you want to to say, I want to do this in the first half of 2021, you know. And that's what I mean by kind of breaking it down into quarterly or monthly goals as well, so that you know if you're staying on track with it or not. And that's what you know. One of my my favorite little little habits that I started doing is every time I finish a book, I have a running list on my phone that goes all the way back to 2017 of every book I finished. And so it's really cool to look back into the books that I read and when I read them because I keep it tracked by month. And so I can see what months I crushed it, what months I had big dry spells, you know, where I go three months and finish one book. And I can just say, wow, what happened during that time? Like what was going on in my life? Like how did I start to slack? But it's awesome to kind of just be able to track that and say, okay, month to month, I can tell by June of next year, if i am I at 20 books, <laughs> you know, or do I need to pick it up and pick up the slack a little bit? That's what I've done this month. I think I finished six books this month already and it's the 17th of December, just been crushing it. Um, because I fell behind, you know, and I was like, there's no way I'm not doing at least 30 this year. So, uh, just stepping that up. It's, it's so important, um, to do that, to make them time bound. And so that way you can actually hit them. Cause that's the point guys, you want to be able to do that. And you want to be the kind of person that hits your goals and you want to set some goals, obviously like being realistic and attainable doesn't mean you're being cowardly. It doesn't mean shooting small, but it means setting something that I know that I can actually do. I can actually accomplish And you set a good example for other people in doing that, because you're a different person when you're hitting your goals, when you're hitting the mark, it's going to be a lot better. And when you have those goals, it's like having a target, right? Just like the virtues, you know, Aristotle talks about that, like understanding the virtues, understanding your goals and what you're shooting for really helps you to, um, it's like, it's like an archer having a target, right? So you think of archery, bow and arrows, like shooting at a target. If you don't know what the target is, you're never going to hit it. And so what are your goals for next year? They kind of give you a target. They give you something to aim at. They give you something to fight for, right? So that's the beauty in having these targets, having these goals. So I have a direction to go. And a lot of times, you know, this is kind of the other side of like shooting big with your goals is even if I don't hit all of them, even if I don't hit them, I still move in the right direction, right? So I'm still doing better than if I hadn't set them at all, right? And I might not hit them all and that's okay. And you can always readjust. You can always make them bigger or smaller as time goes on. But setting those goals, having something to chase after really gives your life more purpose. And in the year of 2020, when people don't have a lot of purpose, people are struggling, anxiety, depression, all this stuff is through the roof. It's even more important for you to set those goals for next year so that next year doesn't suck. Because I'm telling you, this year had a lot of outside forces, outside factors that made our lives difficult and stressful. But if your year this year sucked, Part of that's on you. Part of that's your responsibility, right? And you need to take ownership for that. Take ownership for your, your your portion of what you could control this year that you didn't control. Because that's really, really important. And we all have that portion in our lives. So what, what could you have done that you didn't do this year, right? And don't let, let next year suck. This is a great time to reset, restart. But with that, this is another thing that drives me crazy with people is... As I was, you know, I kind of mentioned this in, the, in my opening, like January 1st is kind of arbitrary, right? Like, sure, it's a, it's a time we get out a new calendar. It's a new year. There's a celebration. You know, you might get to kiss somebody at midnight. But other than that, it's kind of just another day, right? It's kind of just another Friday. I think it's on a Friday this year. Yeah. It's kind of just another Friday, dude. So thinking about that, knowing that it's just another Friday, Why not start some of it now? Why even wait? One of the best things, if you want to kick next year in the ass, if you really want to kick ass next year, like no joke, if you want to destroy next year, if you want to own next year, if your year was shit this year, then you need some momentum going into 2021. You can't afford, if you've just been a fat, lazy slob all this year and you want to start exercising again, getting back in shape, I'm not saying you need to go be doing you know, two hours in the gym tomorrow, but go on a walk today. Go on a run tomorrow. Do some push-ups this afternoon. Do some core workout. Look up something online and do something. Get your body moving again. If you have big goals, the bigger the goal, the bigger the dream, the bigger the movement in your lifestyle, the bigger the shift in your lifestyle that you want to make for next year, the more important it is that you start early. If you want to lose weight, start cleaning up your diet now. Start disciplining yourself here and there. It doesn't mean you have to say, no, I'm not eating any Christmas cookies. I'm not drinking at all. But cut back here and there pick a day where you're going to say you know what today i'm going to eat pretty healthy i'm going to limit myself when we go to this christmas party to, to two two or three cookies two or three drinks right i'm going to limit myself i'm going to start building that discipline because you're not going to have some automatic switch that night that's going to make you a disciplined person right so think about that what can you actually get started now if you want to start reading more next year read now start reading 10 minutes each morning it doesn't have to be something big but just five, 10 minutes Get in the habit of picking up a book it's something that's so so important that's something that I've tried you know tried to just be active and just try to keep it going when I'm on vacation I'm traveling a ton over the next 30 days I'll be all over the place from Philadelphia to Florida back out to Cincinnati um going to Indiana a little bit then back to Harrisburg then flying out to Denver so i to be all over the place right and so I don't want to lose I finally got in the habit of working out again so I don't want to lose that and so, what I do, just little things, a little bit of Tabata here and there, going on a walk, playing football, whatever it is, just making sure that I'm staying active because that's part of who I am now. It's part of my lifestyle, right? So, it doesn't mean that it's going to look the same in each place, but I can't just complete. I can't afford to just completely let it slip because I have to continue the habit. It might just be five push ups, five sets five air squats one day, but it's, it's so much better than nothing. You know, they say that 20% is worse than 100% for sure, but is immensely, like infinitely worse than 1%. 0% is infinitely worse than 1%. So what what is your 1% that you can start doing today that gets you started on your goals for next year? I can tell you this, January 1st, January 3rd, January 5th is not the time to start thinking about your goals for next year. If If you've had a terrible year this year, you need to start thinking about those things now. How can you get ahead of it? How can you start thinking about it? And lastly, I just want you to think about what worked this year and what didn't work this year. And don't get on your soapbox and start complaining and start bitching about everything that went wrong in 2020 and how the election stuff got you down and COVID and all these other things. What did you not do well this year? Be honest with yourself, have the audacity, the courage, the responsibility, honestly have the love for yourself. We talk about, you know, the world talks about self love and all this self care and all this nonsense so so much like, you know what's self, you know what's loving yourself is calling yourself out on your bullcrap, right? Like, when you love somebody, when you, if you talk about having a good friend, your good friends are the ones who love and support and encourage you. But a real good friend, a real friend, in my opinion, is someone who's going to call you out when you're not being your best. When they see that in you and they call that out because they believe in you, they believe that you have something better. You know, I used to be upset sometimes, and this is kind of silly, right? But I used to be upset sometimes with my mom or my dad after I had a basketball game, if I felt like I didn't play well and my mom would say something like good game, you know, let's say I dropped like 10 points, right. Or I, I was, I was just really off that night. And my mom's like, good game. I'm like, is that what you think is good for me? You know, like, did you think like, you thought like, that's what you think is like me playing a good game. I, like, I would get mad. Right. <laughs> Cause I'm like, you thought that was good. Like for me, you know, I'm like, is that how, is that how good you think I am that you think that that was a good game? No, right? Like she didn't. She was just being nice. Like she's my mom, right? She's just not being an a-hole, but I was being a, you know, a butthead, but I'm like, dude, that, that wasn't good. And that's exactly what a good friend will do for you. A good friend's like, yeah, you know, like you might've had an off day today. It doesn't mean they have to berate you, right? They don't have to become a Marine drill sergeant, but at the same time, they can say, Hey man, like, what can I do to help you get better? Or why do you think that you had such a bad game? Why do you think you had such a bad year? And that's what I'm trying to do for you today, but you can't blame everybody else. You can't take you know, and point the finger and blame everybody else. Honestly, this year was filled with a lot of stress and problems for sure this year. Um, lost lost some close people to, to COVID-19. Lost some great opportunities, some great experiences to COVID-19 this year. Um, the election and all that stuff was very stressful for sure. Uh watched a lot of bad things happen in the church. Switch and transition jobs. Um, but I had a great year. This year was amazing. Made some incredible memories, developed some incredible relationships. Um, I bought a new car for the first time in my life. Uh, I I started a new job, which I love. Started seeking excellence, started the podcast, met so many great Catholics through doing the podcast and the things that we've been able to do so far in just our first four months. Had some incredible feats um, within that, that and just the ministry. You know, God has provided for us in incredible ways. And it's been beautiful to see, but one thing we can't do is, is, is none of that happens if if I'm just constantly playing the victim and constantly blaming other people and external circumstances for me being miserable and me not doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm happiest when I'm reading, praying, and exercising. And I know that. And guess who has control over every every single day of my life, whether I read, pray, and exercise? Me. Guess who has control whether you do the things that make you happy every day, even in the midst of restrictions? You do. If you haven't, if you're not sure about this, a great book for you to start for next year. If you feel like COVID-19 and living in 2020 America is the hardest thing in the world, then you should read Viktor Frankl's *Man's Search for Meaning* and listen to that man talk about how much hope, and joy, and virtue he experienced and developed while living in Auschwitz, living in a, in a Nazi-run concentration camp. He talks about the experience that we have, the last of human freedoms. Viktor says is the freedom to choose how we're going to respond to our circumstances. It's our attitude. It's the last of human freedoms. He says, nobody can ever take that away from you. He said, they can keep your food. They can put your body in change. They can do whatever they want, but they can't chain your mind. They can't chain your optimism, your hope. They can't chain who you are and your attitude towards life. Your attitude to choose life and to choose to live it. And a lot of people are choosing to not live their lives this year. And that's okay. And I'm not saying that COVID-19 and things like that aren't aren't real fears and that there aren't real stresses out there, that depression, anxiety aren't real in people. But you have to take responsibility for it. There's freedom in in ownership. There's freedom in responsibility. And so you have to be willing to take that. You have to be willing to step up and say, I'm in control of my life. I'm going to, to, you know, give everything over, surrender everything over to God, work with him to do what I can do. To make the most out of this next 365 days that the lord's going to give me if he gives them to me because at the end of it i want to be able to look at him and say hey lord you know i really laid it all out here this year i really laid it all out there in my life and i want to be able to look back and say you know i'm proud of what i did i'm proud of who i became i'm proud of what i created for other people I'm proud of how i served and loved other people through this year don't don't guys it's it's time for us to shake off this victim mentality of of COVID and the election and society and all stuff, like, stop it. Stop worrying about it. We still have to care. I'm still keyed into all the stats, all the things about it. I'm still writing and thinking about and talking about some of these most difficult social justice issues and things like that. I'm so worked up and stressed out about issues within the church. But at the end of the day, you got to turn it into the people to your left and your right, the people that are closest to you. You have to look yourself in the mirror. You have to say, how can we make this better? How can we make our lives better? How can we make the world better? How can we make the church better? And it all starts with rooting ourselves deeper in our relationship with God, setting strong goals, creating plans that will help us to execute and reach those, and just really striving each and every day to fight to make those goals and those plans happen. Fight to execute. That's what it all comes down to. You're going to have the same amount of time each and every day over this next year as everybody else. And it's going to be up to you At the end of this next year, because you know all this now, whether or not your next year is going to be a great year, or if you're going to look back with regrets, missed opportunities, and a lot of sadness and despair. So make the most of this next year. Fight hard out there each and every day to be your best and know that we're going to be alongside you each and every step of the way here at Seeking Excellence. We've got some super, super exciting stuff coming up. I can't wait to announce it. I think I'm going to wait until the first podcast of the year to announce some of the big changes that we have coming up, but big changes to the podcast changes, to the organization direction that we're heading in, things that we're developing and working on. I am super excited. Oh my gosh. I've been recording a lot um, for, you know, of podcasts recently for, for next year. Um, and listen, when I tell you the collaborations and the guests that I've had, we have some fire fire podcasts coming your way. So very excited for those can't wait to catch up with you, but in the meantime, be your best fight hard, take time today, to think about the goals that you're going to set for next year. Who's it that you want to become? What habits do you want to instill? Fight hard, be your best.